Because again, you can be creative, but if you have no discipline, your creativity isn't gonna go nowhere. Mm -hmm. You can be disciplined, but if you don't have any creativity, you're just a very disciplined person. What's up, guys? My name is Corey Mortensen, and this is the next episode of the Jordan Your Podcast. I have my friend Brennan Cole, who is an up-and-coming music producer and performer out from Lubbock, Texas, and him and I go way back, but on this show, we talk a lot about what his experiences have been being an up-and-coming performer and musician, and a lot about the values that he's learned throughout his life. So I'm really excited for you guys to take a listen. We had an awesome show, and I'm, I'm really excited to get this posted. I'm sorry it's been so long, though. I've been really busy with another thing that I have been really wanting to do for a long time, and it's a big bucket list item, and that was to have my first ever DJ gig, and I played last weekend, for four hours in front of 200 people and I did amazing. There was a ton of work that went into it and I am so happy that I was able to cross that off my bucket list and maybe do this going forward. So excited to have that going and it just goes to show that you put your mind to it, plan, you put some effort into it, you can really do anything that you want. But getting back to it, I'm excited for you guys to take a listen and without further ado, here's the next episode of the Jordan Your Podcast. We're doing this for the second time. I had to come back and do the recording. We got together in Austin. Right, right. Did an amazing show. It was. I was really excited to True. edit it. When I went to go back to edit it, the, all the audio, I uploaded it to my software, and it was all corrupt. Everything was gone. And so we had to come back. Hit him up. I said, I got some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> I read the text message said, damn. All right, well, hey, let's do it again. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just like one of those things where it had it had to be done. You know, mm-hmm. so it this happens. In it the was too good, and we're gonna like, talk. Yeah. We're gonna talk about a lot of the same stuff. It's gonna be a good show. Oh, one hundred percent. Like I there's said, there's no yeah, doubt. Yeah. I'm interested to see how it goes the second time through. Oh, yeah, the second definitely. for the for the second time. Oh but. yeah, for sure. Is so the Jordan year. I mean, I know we interviewed me, but I just want to know real fast what is the Jordan year. So the Jordan year that name comes from. So I'm 23. Okay. And, you know, 23, that's kind of the age, you're graduated college, you're out, you're finally on your own, you're full on adult, you really got every tool at your disposal and no excuses anymore. So that's when you really have to go and make it great. That's your opportunity. So the Jordan year is a bit, it's kind of in a reference to Michael Jordan. Okay. So he's one of the greatest ever, but he didn't get there without listening to mentors, hearing good advice, practicing technique day in, day in out, working really hard on it. And without doing some of the, without the practice and all that back work, you don't get to see the game time, Jordan. All of that doesn't matter unless you put in the work, you talk, you hear all the right things. And that's what the Jordan year is about. It's about having a great year by listening to the right things and doing the right things. Mm. <clears throat> Preach. <laughs> so that's, what, that's, okay. what, that's where it comes from. Well, that is, that, that's that, 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 that hella answered my question right there, man, the Jordan year. So, yes, we will definitely be on the Jordan year again. We'll have many more topics to have, but let's have this one right let's now. Let's have How this one. Yes, so, sir. guys, I got Brennan Cole. Yeah. This is a guy I met in high school. Tell him, tell him kind of our story. Man, how Tell we him met. how we met, how we got together. How we met, how we got together, man. So, this would have been in 2010. 
2009. Yeah, 2010. Because you, I was, a, I was a saw. No, I was a junior. You were a junior. I was a junior when you were a freshman. So that had been yeah, 2011. 2000. Yeah, 2011. Sure mm-hmm. was. Okay, so it was 2011. Junior on varsity and. I was all about the grind. I was all about getting into the gym, getting those shots up, that extra work, just putting in exactly everything that you just said. We're trying to be like Mike. That's what I was trying to do when mm-hmm. I was in high school and whatnot. And then how Corey came into the picture was this little scrawny, little white kid, man. It's a little goofy, little little freshman, man. <laughs> and it was like he was the only one that was cool with all the upperclassmen. You know, like, so it was something I just kind of saw in Corey where I was like, all right, he's not corny like everybody else. We're going to give this kid a shot. (laughs) And I I think I just told, I don't know if you came up to me and asked me if you could shoot around with me or if it was me asking. I'm not too sure how that happened. Do you know? Do you remember? I think, I think you put out a PSA and I had been thinking about asking people anyway. So it worked perfectly. Okay. But I think you had asked. You the just whole, came up with it. You just made an announcement uh, in the locker room one morning, and you're like, "If anybody is trying to get up in the morning and hustle and, and practice some more, let's go. Let yeah, me up." Yeah. And then everyone was like, "Okay, right, right, cool. right, exactly." And yeah. I'm like <laughs> sitting there in the it back. Was like, Let me be a coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man. That's hi, and, and that's like back then. You know that that's that's what it was. You know, with with now, it's it's, it's music. Obviously, you know, man. I, it's crazy because I went in. At the apartment complex that I'm living at, I went to the basketball court a couple of days ago. It was the weirdest thing because I haven't touched foot on a basketball court since I don't really, I got really, I cannot remember the last time I played basketball. And it's so crazy just to think like that used to be a part of my that life. That was every day. And that was the only thing. That was every day and the only thing that I cared about besides you know what and you know what. But like other than that, that was my, you know, that was my main priority. You know, back that was my second third priority or whatever back then. But it was it was important. But now it's just so crazy to think like now, you know, fast forward nine years later, it's something that's not even thought about. So it's mm-hmm. like a lot of the times I kind of think to myself, like, what would it have been like if I never would have played basketball at all? And I just would have been able to focus on anything else. You know, yeah. just putting instead of putting all of that energy and drive and focus into one particular thing what would have happened if I just wouldn't, didn't feel like eh, playing basketball, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but I mean, it all comes back to the work ethic that you had going into that, that you and I both had. Yes. Waking up at the crack of dawn, oh, yeah. getting there, shooting basketball literally in the dark. Oh, yeah. Because Coach wouldn't let us. Literally. Shout out shout out, Coach D, man, shout for not turning those lights on. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> shout out to him. Yes, man. Hell, shout out to Randy D. Man. Oh, Randy man. But we, yeah, I mean, we were just out there hustling hard, waking up, and now it's a different hustle for you. For sure. It's the same work ethic. It's the same grind. But now you've got this music business, the career doing this, right. putting the albums out, right. getting to work tour and traveling, all of that on your own. I mean, how is that? What are some of the things that you're doing, you're working on now that translate into what you've been putting out? Man, so with, ah, uh, that's a good question. So I think what has kind of happened now, and today's October eighth, mm-hmm. October eighth, twenty nineteen. I like I like saying dates and having dates and stamping certain things because it's always something that you could kind of look back and say, oh man, on that date, I was at this point, you know. So it's just, but, anyways, um, I think right now I'm in that position to where I have to do so much, and so much is kind of put on my shoulders, and there's not a whole lot of uh, results 
mm-hmm. that you can really see that are you know visuals. Do you research. feel like you're putting in the right work, or do you feel like you've it's just a lot of busy stuff? Like you're doing a lot, right? But you're saying you're not getting the productive results that you want. Is that just because of a lack in what people are giving back to you, or okay. is it just the actual quality of the work that you're doing? I'll say, man. It's it's a little it's a it's it's, it's a little mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you're just figuring out. Yeah, I mean, there's no yeah. Blue, that's, and, and that's the no thing. Blueprint. There's no there's no blueprints. It is right. Like like being an independent artist and not having A and R's and you know the label execs trying you know kind of paving the way and trying to show you an artist how to do certain things to get to that level to where you can be you know kind of talked of talked about and have those conversations with these types of people you know we don't have that in the area that we're yeah, in because this in the circle that you're with is there anyone that's just like way more experienced than you and is kind of showing you the way of being a mentor i mean who who oh, no. in that respect who's your no no by no means and and there's no yeah. shots to my team and because i don't expect them to know more than me right now mm-hmm. with the certain with the particular people that i have in my group not saying that i'm not looking for others to come in but right now it's a lot of past experiences for myself managing working with other artists you know being in radio um it was it's just so crazy to see it full scale now because yeah. like that was all of the experience that i all the experience that i needed came from me being in radio for three and a half years managing artists for three and a half years kind of just doing that leg that groundwork and then being able to be an artist now at the point that i'm at so i feel like i've done the amount i've done the amount of work um but i'm i know i'm not going to get the recognition right now because mm-hmm. it, we're still in year one it's early. You know, it's early. So it's like, the, uh, I, I think a lot of times artists fall back on their dreams and they stop mm-hmm. in year one. What do you think the timeline is for like someone who really wants to start putting, years, instead of just man. like putting stuff up? You have like, like I, I truly, like I'm, I stand by this man. And one of my very close friends, man, by the name of Devin Phillips, man, he was kind of the one that kind of instilled this in me, man, with having that 10,000 hour theory you know you familiar with the 10,000 mm-hmm. hours okay so you already know what it is yeah what, what is it it takes 10,000 hours to be a master at anything in any craft exactly yeah. so I look at it like all right 10,000 you know you break down I'm I am terrible at math so we're just gonna say you break down those numbers into whatever numbers that they come into you're looking at about 10 years if we're being honest you're looking at about a 10-year pace for about 10,000 hours type stuff so give or take you're gonna have your off days you're gonna have your on day, your, your yeah. on and off days whatever but um, I would say you need to look at it from a 10-year perspective because there's so many things that are going to be able to change. Like if you tell yourself, oh, we're going to blow up this year, what happens when you don't blow up? Then your your your, your confidence starts mm-hmm. to eat at you a whole lot because you're at that point to where, and again, this is me from a perspective of an up-and-coming artist, from a perspective of two you know a year two years into the game and then having prior experience in the music industry working with other artists in lubbock texas you know um and being able to interview other artists that's kind of where i got my leg up in into this game right now and like i said you know 10 years because it's there's so many emotions that you're gonna face and it's like there is so many emotions. There's so many highs. There's so many lows. And then it's just like the people around you, man. As an artist, it's very hard to stay level-headed because, you, okay, for instance, so say that you, you know, you come out the game, you release one song, and you have 10, 15 people either on your DMs or tagging you, whatever the case may be, retweeting or whatnot, and 
you kind of feel this this but oh man i got 15 people that kind of you know oh shouted love showed love and i've never had that before so mm -hmm. then you you kind of set that like oh man this is this is up and not gonna lie 10 to 15 people showing you love at your first song that's like that's pretty good yeah. you know what i'm saying don't get me wrong that's pretty good because you got people that are putting out five six songs and deep and no one's no one's even heard it. zero plays type mm -hmm. stuff you know but shout out to those types of dudes because you know don't stop but but you know, you get those first couple of people that like it and you've never had that before. So then you have that, that, that you kind of get your confidence is a little boosted up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, you're Gives you a, little yeah, a little bit more, men yeah, a little bit more momentum going for, you know, forward and whatnot. Well, then what happens is, all right, well, those 10, 15 people that are like your close friends usually, uh, well, then they're kind of like bored with it. And then it's like, all right, well, yeah, now, yeah, okay. those two, yeah, like, okay. All right, not bad. Oh, I saw you. You know, okay, cool, cool, cool. But then it's like, well, then next month when you try to, try to drop another song, well, those 10, 15 people, now it's only like seven, maybe five, you know, out of those 10 to 15 that you had type stuff. And then you're not also building your net worth, you know, I'm sorry, your network, mm -hmm. you know, because that equals your net worth. But uh, you're not building your net worth, your network either at the same time. And you're just kind of dependent on those certain, because a lot of times. Yeah. You just get comfortable within that, that sphere of influence that you yep. had the first time. And you're not working on moving outward anymore. You're not trying to expand anymore. Like you fail. said, trying to grow your network. <laughs> you're going to get comfortable and you're going to uh -huh. get complacent. Mm -hmm. I mean, those things go hand in hand. Comfortability and complacency go right with each other. So. What are you doing to stay on top of that curve? I think um, content travel, mm -hmm. a lot of travel, um, being able to see other things. Um, I'm blessed with the position that I'm in, uh, blessed with to have the people that are around me to be able to travel um, the way that I am. So it's like one thing I would say is traveling is, is, is key because you have to be able to see other opponents. Yeah. You got to be able to see what, what else is around you because it's very easy to get caught up in that uh, in that hamster wheel in your hometown mm -hmm. and it's very easy to have a like a, a false sense of um reality yeah you know in your so you're hometown. talking about just getting another perspective yeah you have Keeping to yeah, you have to have another perspective and you have to continue to be able to talk to people you know outside of your town because what happens is that an up-and-coming artist from this town that you're in your fan base is not going to gravitate towards you that first three four years honestly and the reason why is because you're tangible you're in the same city that i'm in you, and we've never seen any hip-hop artists ever come out of this city before all right so this is it's hard for us to fathom you doing it there's no one to look up there's to. no but there's no standard there's no one to look up to and be like well so-and-so did it so i can do yeah, it yeah they got out of lubbock they, exactly. they made it big out of yeah lubbock. they made it out of lubbock so-and-so did it so why can't i so what um, what is your passion Man, so they're going to love me for my passion. My passion is being able to, and this is, you know, the, the generic rap answer, but I, I you know, I want to, I want to move people, you know, I want to be able to, for me to be able to write something down and for someone to take that in, into consideration and that alters their thought process. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. You know, that that's the ultimate goal. If I'm able to make some type of words come out of my mouth that resonate towards you in a certain way for you to change your thought process and the better then that's what i'm good that's my passion that's what drives mm -hmm. me at the end of it. i mean that's the exact same reason that i started you know this it, show it's, it's a, so we can say something that touches someone at the right time i mentioned this on the last show that i posted all it takes you hear the same stuff all the time uh -huh. and it's all kind of like cliche advice some of the time and then sometimes it's really good advice but you just didn't need to hear it right then and right. it went right over your head so 
my goal for this show is to talk to people who are out there moving, hustling, influencing, doing awesome things like you are, and for that to touch someone that's listening, that maybe needs a boost, that needs something, they want to make another step, they want to take an extra step, bigger step, and this this boosts them to take a risk and to do more. Yes. And to feel confident because everyone I've talked to is pretty ground floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But we're still all doing it and we're all trying it. And that's like the most important thing. So as long as you keep making those little steps going forward, you have hope, you have the ability to tell yourself that I can do this. Right. I really can do this. And you just go out there, learn it, try it, get as close to 10,000 hours as you can. That's going to be the best step. Is, so is. having having that influence to touch people is big. And so I understand why you're Bro, coming up with that. It's uh, it's one of those those feelings where, you know, like seeing people in, in the crowd and they know the words. Yeah, talk about that. Tell me about the first time you were going up there and people were really kind of giving it. Let's, what's your best stage story? Man. What's your favorite story, performance? My favorite story, performance. Okay. So, all right. I'd have to say my favorite so far. All right. I was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And this was actually before I had started. This was the this was what made me want to start making music. Mm-hmm. No bull. So I was a, a hype man for another artist by the name of Booker Bradshaw. And um, we had gotten blessed. Uh, Rick, Rick Deeds. You know who Rick Deeds mm-hmm. is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Rick, shout out Rick Deeds and Town Wave. The Dalton. Um, the Dalton. DD. Uh, Rick Deeds. <laughs> Anyways, um, so they invited and invited us out to go to come to open up for Rook at uh, in Alabama, and this is my first time ever being outside of the state to do a show with any with any just ever, mm-hmm. uh, sixteen hours away or twelve yeah twelve hours away from Lubbock. And so yeah, we hopped in the whip. It was my my uh, my ex girl at the you know my ex girl for my girl at the time, um, but yeah, we used her car and went out there, and <clears throat> it was just crazy because. I was able to see complete strangers that didn't know the words to Boogs' song, Bo- Boogs' Booger Bradshaw, Boogs' song, okay? They didn't know the words to his songs, but the way that they gravitated towards his music and how we turned up the entire, like, we have footage of all of this, like, and I'm going to have clips playing while this is going on. It's going to be dope. But anyways, um, we had the entire, man, if I, I forgot what the fraternity was called, I, I'm sorry, I genuinely am sorry for whoever's watching this because I forgot with the fraternity. Anyways. We were out there. This was like four years ago. This was four and a half years ago, man. So we've performed for a whole lot of fraternities. But I'm saying I'm trying. I'm saying that because this was the night that was a very pivotal night that kind of why we're here right now. Being able to see him turn up a crowd that didn't know who he was, and he was able to do that outside of his city, and I saw that. So I was like, okay, if he's able to do this, and these kids don't know who he is, well, I can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can do this. I can make this happen. And I know that I can connect with these kids better than this artist. That was the night that I, I knew that I could do it. Mm-hmm. was Tuscaloosa, Alabama, being able to open it up for with Bugs and seeing. So you actually did the show? You're yeah, yeah, the show? I did the show. Yeah, I did the show. The hype man. I was the uh-huh. hype man. I was just the one getting the crowd turned. Hey, yeah. Shit. You know, like, turn up. Like, that yeah. was my that was my job. That was my, 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 my ultimate goal was to just get the crowd live as fuck. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was. And leaving that night you know well my bad to go back when we got off that stage i told books i was like look bro 
we need to get as many Snapchat followers as we can because we're not going to be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we need to get as much networking and pipelines that we can get right now so that yeah. when we get back home. Just put your your feed in their feed. Exactly. Exactly. Right there, right in front of them. Well, because that's the thing is that I'm trying to be able to get – I'm trying to be able to – Touch a fan base that we're not gonna be able like like right now they think and here's suits uh, artists up there coming that are up and coming the more you're gonna get more love the farther you go that is the way that it is but you're gonna get more love and I say that because I had never seen any crowd ever interact with books the way that they did until we went to Alabama mm-hmm. all right so seeing that they I, I the what, what I believe is that they saw that we had all. Texas stuff on because I had on the Texas Texans jersey books had on like a Texas uh, uh, some Texas jersey whatever the case may be um, but then being able to see that well they think okay they're all the way from Texas they must be big in Texas mm-hmm. you know because they're, they're all the they're way here around. they're doing they're doing something exactly uh-huh. even though we was broke as hell uh, girl came paid for yeah is that yeah came up in my girl's car. <laughs> Uh, she paid for the gas, honestly, and we had, uh, bro, we was broke as hell, staying at my boy KB house in Chattanooga. Like, we didn't even get to stay in Tuscaloosa. We had to drive two hours in Chattanooga, to Chattanooga, which was, anyways. But um, that right there. So when you, farther you travel, they don't know what you have going on back home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know what's really, what is really, like, they all, only the only thing that they know is you're on stage. Yeah. So it's like, kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier with the hometown thing the reference is that they know kind of what's going on behind you because mm-hmm. they're in the same city that you're in they're watching your snapchats and you're saying oh well, he's at that one Seven Eleven. oh he's at that one whataburger you know oh he's so-and-so doing this or whatever so he must not have blown up yet mm-hmm. you know so that's why i say you're gonna get more love the farther you go that's why traveling is such a key and that, that that's like needs to be one of your bullets and marks you know mm-hmm. on your goal you should have a list. You should have a board and your dream board. You know, I got one in the house right now. Mm-hmm. Write your goals down, what you expect from it. Like, that's something that you have to be able to do. You have to be able to travel, get out, and network with as many people as you can outside of your city. Not saying that you just, you know, turn your back in your city. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in the beginning years, mm-hmm. you need to do as much groundwork outside, you know, on, you know, the smaller towns maybe. You know, and then if you don't want to go in another state, okay, work on the smaller towns that are outside of your yeah, city. Start in your backyard. That you can kind of try, out. yeah, that you can kind of make like, I'll say, yeah, yes and no, man, because starting in your backyard, like kind of what we were talking about, it, it is harder. So what I said was starting in your backyard, you can go a little bit farther than that, you know, so like right, right here. Okay. It's like, yeah, okay. So like right here, we're in Lubbock, Texas. So what I would say for artists that maybe you're not able to go all the way to Dallas, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, all the way to San Antonio, you know, all the way to Austin, you know, which these are these markets that you need to be able to go to. We're kind of fucked. Where we're at, it's very hard for us to go somewhere and be like, hey, this is, I'm, hey, DJ, like, I'm from Lovett, you need to play this, to, 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 because we don't get a, a lot of respect where we are from yeah. off bat. So that's kind of hard because no one's come out of here. Because no one's come out of here, exactly. Austin and Dallas, they have Austin, clout man. as far as it, music it, scenes it, go and so having like popularity. In Houston, I mean, come on now. You Everybody know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm like in it's Austin, like, and I tell right. people I'm from Lubbock, and oh, I literally and you have already to, get like, yeah. points on a map. To them. <laughs> or it's like, me, or you get that face like, Lubbock. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the hub. What you mean? Like, yeah, like no, that's exactly what it is, bro. It's like, come on now, don't. We can talk bad about it because it's all it's our day. That's what I, I tell when I go yeah. and talk to the kids at the high schools and stuff like that. Man, I t- try to tell them like, hey, like 
Y'all be proud of y'all's dirt. This our dirt. Like, be proud of it. Like, there's nothing wrong with where you came from. You know, mm-hmm. embrace it. Yeah, it sucks out here at times. But, like, I love being from Lubbock. I yeah. really genuinely do. I will not die here, but I will rep this mother till I am dead. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I will say that much, bro. 806, man. Yeah. That's good. So, that's a good segue into the next question. Talk about what is it like being, like, an upcoming rapper, artist, musician, coming from West Texas? Man, it's um, it it is difficult, and I'll say that because you know, kind of what we talked about. It's very hard to set yourself to look at a standard, to look at yourself and be like, okay. So, for instance, Jared Culver. Shout out to Jared Culver. I can't say that enough mm-hmm. because that man did, in a sense, the impossible. Who else? Has come from this Greg Elo, Greg Elo, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, from Monterey, mm-hmm. right? Right. So. Okay. Anyways, other than that, I cannot think of anybody that's come out from this city to get to the level of the NBA that like that man Jared Culver has. So now, for anybody in West Texas, the kids growing up, they're going to be able to say, "Well, Jared Culver did it, so why can't I?" We didn't have that before him. Mm-hmm. There was nobody to set that standard. There was nobody to say, "Hey." So-and-so did it, so why can't you? Now that that standard is there and that it's like this, okay, it's like, all right, well, we need to probably work how Jarrett worked. Mm-hmm. We need to probably network and do, like with Jarrett, Jarrett was doing what a lot of people don't realize and how he was able, in my eyes, of what I, what I believe, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Now, I don't know all of the, 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 the backgrounds and whatnot, but I believe that all of the tournaments that he was able to get put into and go to that were out of state, those were the positions that put him on into the position that he's in right now. There's not going to be a lot of recruiters that are going to want to come to Lubbock. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's not going to be from all over the world. There's not going to be people that are going to come to where we are. So we have to do something to go somewhere else where all of the other competition is. We have to make that's what we have. That's what why it is so difficult to thrive in Lubbock because, again, it's not. We are West Texas. Mm-hmm. We are country music solely. Like, that's what we are known for. We yeah. have a Red Buddy Dirt. Holly, Red Dirt, Buddy Holly Museum. Like, that's what we are known for. Cactus Courtyard, Cactus uh, Theater. Like, you know, like, that's what we are known for. So it's like, it's very hard to, in a sense, have that. It's very small. It's Lubbock's a big place, but it's still very it's a, much a small it's a town. Big small town. Yeah, it's a big small Texas. City. Yeah, it's like city. if you don't know, you know, you you might not know somebody, but I guarantee you, you ask somebody that like you can ask somebody, and then other person might know about you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I look at it. Like yeah. it's not that. I mean, two hundred and sixty thousand, two hundred sixty thousand. I think with Texan, they're at like three hundred thousand. So like, yeah. that's a lot of people. Three hundred thousand people is a lot of people yeah. to just kind of just oh it's a town no but no I mean Lubbock is a city mm-hmm. for sure and but trying to get your start as an artist and trying to come up and be bigger than the city itself and branch out go to other states go Man. to other cities perform Man. get your name out what has been challenging about that just besides the the obvious fact of uh-huh. what it is just being an up-and-coming dude artist. i think so, I mean, uh, what are some of the challenges that you've personally oh, man the across? challenges okay so one um uh, being a rapper like that right there off bat because we're in that age yeah, man, you're already that, yeah bro it's just space. like you know how hard it is like i always try to i try to introduce myself as recording artists mm-hmm. it kind of switches people up a little bit they look at you a little differently when uh, 
recording artist. That's a little bit okay. Like you know, that, that's one one thing that I think artists, you know, fail to realize sometimes that this this is a business. No matter how whatever way you try to look at it, the music industry and when you make music, that's it's a business. You need to look at it like a business because mm-hmm. I believe that I have the talents to make to write down words on put it on a piece of paper record that on a mic and i have believed that i have the talent to make money off of that mm-hmm. what a lot of artists don't realize is that they don't take the time to just say okay i'm worth this all right like i'm gonna go i might be worth you know working five years into this and i never ask to get paid for a show mm-hmm. so like if you don't ever ask why are they going to give you why why, why are the you know, promoters booking, whatever. Why are they going to give yeah, you money? You have to know your own worth. You got to know your worth. And you got to ask for it. 100%. Because if you're putting out the product that you've been putting out or whatever anyone else is doing, mm-hmm. you have to ask for what you think that's worth and prove it by actually following through with that. I can't agree with you more, bro. I really can't because yeah. I think... But that's, that's smart. I'm glad you said run yeah. run it like a business. Because a lot of a lot of uh, people, when they get into music uh-huh. or art or something really creative... Uh-huh. A lot of them just focus on the creativity side, right? And just want to do that. They right. just want to work on it. They don't, or they they just don't have any of the other uh, skills that come with actually growing up as a business, True. advancing like that, True. evolving True. as a, your craft. because no, otherwise you're just it's a hobby. It is, and I, I think once you once you're able to look at yourself as a business, as an artist. And you are able to, and it's like, not a cold blooded thing no, to do that. No, People, it's some, not. especially creatives, they think yeah, it's not thinking like a business. It means you got to sell out, <laughs> right? You got to be bad, right? Cold hearted, no. cutthroat. Uh-uh. It's uh-uh. none of that. Uh-uh. If you do that, you will fail, right? You'll probably fail. Oh, You'll you will. Fail. And and I think what's also crazy, and no one will, like no one will, because it's so wild. What we were talking about earlier, and this is crazy because I actually brought this up. I was working out, and I was something I'm trying to do a new new thing. Motivation Mondays, I'm sorry, Matter of Time Mondays, where I just give out a little bit of a mo- motivational spill early in the morning to try to get people out of bed. You know, mm-hmm. this is the first time I did it. We're gonna try to make it work. I'm gonna just say that because a lot of times, you know, I'll I know me, I'll uh, I'll make an announcement. For one particular thing that like maybe I didn't put enough thought into, but I say, oh, I'm just gonna put it online and hopefully I'm just gonna motivate me to do it more because I told everybody. Then and then I like a week later, I'll just kind of you know, yeah forget about it type stuff. But I feel like man, something's like something's in the air, bro. I, I don't know what it is. Something's in the air to where I just like this particular moment in time, I feel more alive than I've ever felt. And I don't know if it's because I'm finally realizing what I'm able to accomplish from the first project to the second one. Live from my heart. I'm sorry. Live from my thoughts versus live from my heart. Um, Both had five songs on each of them. The time span between the two were 11 months, um, you know, between the two of releasing them and being able to see the progress from there to now. We didn't know what we were doing. Like, we had no idea what exactly it was that we were going to do. We just knew we were going to rap. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times is that people will try to create this like perfect equation in their head of how you are supposed to do this. And they'll spend all of this time preparing, 
preparing, preparing, preparing. Okay, man. All right, all right I gotta make sure this is perfect. Okay, all right, I gotta make. But before I do this, before I really get started, I need to like, I need to, I need to buy a whole bunch of like blank spirals, you know, to get prepared, you know, because I like it, it's a business, so I have to be all the way like a business. I have to go and make an LLC like a business to get f- things fully started, which is nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of people think I have to do all of this to to say I'm a business. Nah, bro. You have to start first. Yeah. You have to do it. You, you have, have to, to. You have to take those big do steps. It. There's you a lot of stuff. That. There's a lot of preparation that you could do. And a lot of people, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with, prep, with, with preparing. You mm-hmm. need to prepare. Okay. But it's the time of people spend way too much time preparing and saying, oh, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then that's when I'm going to yeah. start. You need to start right now. Yeah. Right exactly. now. I mean, what you're talking about is ex- the best metaphor that I've heard recently was 90, 90% of chopping a tree down is sharpening your axe. Mm. So you spend the whole time preparing, getting it ready, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter unless you do that last 10%, mm-hmm. which is the biggest mm-hmm. step, the most important one, in actually trying to cut down that tree. Bro. <laughs> I love it. Because you saying that, nine. I, I have a rule that I, I, I try to go with, and I'm, 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 I try to preaches to any and every artist like yo i gotta understand 90 10 that's the rule that i go with 90 10 all right i do 10 percent production okay so that's recording the actual music just doing that getting the song mix mastered all that vocals everything crisp 10 percent. that's what i'm doing the other 90 is marketing mm-hmm Marketing. Yeah, because you found that's the most important. That's, that's what the gets most you results. important thing. Yes. Because the like, biggest step, the fir- the hardest step mm-hmm. for any, especially anyone waiting to get started, is getting everything put up on the back end before you actually record. Yeah. But the recording part is the easy it's part. Easy. It really that's is. That's the easy part. It, and you can, anyone can go in. We could sit right here, right now, and right. do a song. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't matter at all if we don't sit down, plug it. Put it on Snapchat, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, get the word out. None of that matters unless you do the most important step. But the sharpening the axe part of that is doing the recording. Mm-hmm. And the 10% to actually get the result mm-hmm. is the marketing. Bro, it's that's couldn't have said it clear myself, man. <laughs> Be, <laughs> the artist now the artist will what I see a lot is constantly in the studio constantly in the studio constantly in the studio mm-hmm. posting oh man late night studio sesh late night studio sesh okay cool yeah cool i got you now, let me hear it now, <laughs> how do i hear it there's nothing wrong with coming? staying in the studio and and grinding that out that's not what i'm, I'm not saying don't go to the studio that's stupid mm-hmm. what i'm saying is is that what sense does it make if you putting in ungodly hours in the studio grinding you know okay my bad i'll, I'll, I'll get that in a second grinding Going in, going stupid, and then once you record it, and then you post it one time. That All right. N- now what? You know? Mm-hmm. So, again, what we talked about earlier, that confidence, that's where that, that confidence starts to hit because you're putting so much time, so much effort into the recording process. Oh, this is going to be a hit. This is going to be a hit. No no worries, no worries. Man, everybody going to love this shit. Okay, cool. Well, then you get done and you post it. Yeah. And you get, you know, those those five, seven that we were talking about, now it's one. Mm-hmm. Your confidence is gonna be a little bit hurt from year from the very start of year one. Why is no one listening? And then six months later, those fifteen couple of friends that you had, they're like, ah, you know, he's he's not, you know. Now it's one person. It's your mom's. 
that can really mess with your mental a, a, a lot. We laughing because it is funny, but like that's where a lot of artists stop and they yeah. they they quit right there is because you haven't built your mind yeah. mentally to be able to be alone because this shit is lonely. It is yeah. very lonely. Do you think it's also like a fear of actually being successful? I think it's a fear of... Because once you do that, once you take those big steps and mm-hmm. start putting stuff out there, mm-hmm. your life will change. Oh, yeah. One way or the oh, other. Oh, 100%. I'm out. Like, I, I think... Oh, man. I do you think, think people uh, who, like, they want to do more, they want to uh-huh. take some risks? Do you think it's, like, an actual risk of being successful? Dude, I think it's... Do you think anybody is afraid of being... I don't think anybody is afraid of being successful. I think people are more afraid of the... I think it's the uncomfortability... Of the unknown. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen after you press that button. You don't know what's going to happen after you make another song, you drop another album. Right. Not for us in particular, but I mean, there's people out there, and I've heard this been said before, is that people are actually afraid of being good at what they want to do. Yes. Because it'll change. Right. And it's going back to that comfortability (laughs) and complacency. Dude, it, uh, no, it really is. I think uh, with, you know, Artists will doubt themselves before they even start. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like with us, we look at we look at the Drakes, you know. So we look at the Kendricks, you know. We look at the people that are at that level, and we base their success, and we base what we see, and then we try to our have our, our the work ethic that we have and we think we're going to get the same results as the artists that we see we didn't see year one yeah we saw year 13 that 10 years it you know what i'm saying yeah that's what i'm saying yeah it takes 10 years to be overnight success so it's like we're seeing year 12 13 you know they're already past that level you know we're seeing drake now where he's been in the game 15 plus years exactly you know maybe I mean, he didn't best, even the new examples is that have you seen the travis scott yes documentary oh yeah when he was oh, rapping man. on that stage that to like twenty, Travis, yeah. 20 people, right? And he's there, and then like well, probably five years. Yeah, later, that was in that was like twenty fourteen, I think. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah. Do you when know he, where that? Where where that? It looked like it was in Austin. Yeah, it looked like an Austin place or some some festival that he just got some backstage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It just looked like. But he goes out, and now he's Travis Scott, right? And he's one of the biggest names in the music world, right? But that came from. All that discipline, all that hard work, right. staying in it, staying faithful to your craft, and things like that. So that's a good segue into my next question. Mm-hmm. What's more important, the creativity or the discipline? Um, damn. The creativity or the discipline. What is more important, the creativity or the discipline? I think you have to have discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have creative. There's a lot of creative people out there, you know. Um, you know, the richest part of the world, the, the very richest, most wealthiest place in the entire world. And I'm going to get, I'm going to ask Kels. Kels, do you know the answer to that question? The richest place in the yes, world? Yes. I'm sorry. The most wealthiest place in the world. Do you know what that is? This is, I'm, this is my cameraman slash uh, little brother slash bodyguard slash uh, right hand man slash manager slash hype man slash little brother. Kels, he's recording right now, but I'm asking Kels a question. Yeah, where's the wealthiest place in the world? Do you know where that is? Like city? Is it Dubai? It's Dubai, Corey. I said Dubai. Dubai, Dubai. So it's the graveyard. So the graveyard. 
and I didn't get, I didn't make that up. I definitely got that from somebody else, a, a known source. But <laughs> it's the graveyard, and you know you got to think about that because think about all of the creative minds, all of the the blank checks that were being set and put in in our minds, and we knew, oh, bro, I got the next idea. Oh, this shit's about to smack. Like think about the guy, think about the guy that thought about snug, snuggies. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think about the guy that thought about Snuggies, that thought, hmm, I should probably make a blanket that covers my whole body and I'm super comfortable and I can text. That'd be so clutch. That'd be so clutch. You know, there was 15 people that thought about that idea before it actually happened, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well, then that person actually did it and it's like, damn, we should have thought of that idea, uh-huh. right? Okay, boom. Well, that that you that idea that you had that you originally had that you were the first person to think about that. Well, someone else did it. So now your dream, your million dollars, just died. That's why I say the graveyard is the most wealthiest place, bro. Because we die with so many ideas. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't tell you how many bars I have in my head that I'll just I'll be mowing the lawn. I ain't mowing the lawn in I don't know how long. I don't know why. That was my example. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll take a shower. That's the best. Okay, take a shower. I'll take a shower, man. And I'll come over. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, and I'll have a bar come to my head. I'm like, damn, that was fire. Like, okay. And then I'll forget about it. I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'll write, I'll write it down in a second when I get, you know, when I get out the shower. I'm the or whatever. I get an idea. That's yeah. Why I yeah, I see that. I see that. And then, that. bro, write, writing your goals down, writing all those down, your ideas down, writing those down because we forget about them. It happens. Mm-hmm. It happens to everybody. We forget about those ideas. But it's like you have to be able to get those ideas, be the creative that you have to have. You have to create, obviously, because you're an mm-hmm. artist. You have to create. But then having that discipline as well. So it's like you have to have the both. Yeah, because, right. again, you can be creative, but if you have no discipline, your creativity isn't going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. You could be disciplined, but if you don't have any creativity, you're just a very disciplined person that you could work for a creative if you're disciplined. So it kind of yeah. works. Being disciplined, I'd rather be more disciplined than creative because you can be disciplined. And if you're disciplined, you can make others around right. you make moves that you might not be able to do. That Like, okay, I know... Corey is able. He's really good at podcasts. I don't know really anything about podcasts. Well, if I want to get more podcasts, I should probably go talk to Corey about maybe getting on some of his friends' podcast type stuff. I don't know shit about podcasts, but Corey does. So let me try and see what he knows a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Delegating that out and having the creative side is important, especially for what you're doing. But the discipline to actually, like what we're talking about, going in, putting the work in, sharpening the axe, chopping the tree down. Man. So, but I liked your example of the wealthiest place in the world is the graveyard. And that's what you're talking about was leaving ideas in your head or in a notebook and not acting on them because that just goes back to just the basic, like live without any regrets, right? Go and follow your dream, go chase it. You may fail. It may not work out. The world may not be ready for it yet. Right. There have been inventions, artists, um, painters lots there's lots of examples in history of people who became extremely popular and loved and famous after, after they, they died. died yeah because the world just wasn't ready for it yet crazy isn't that weird i hate i hate those stories that, 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 that's that hurts. crazy that hurts to hear that bro just to, being an artist and dying and not making a single cent after but they after did but death. they still went out and did it and they still right. left their mark true so i mean going back living without any regrets mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest motivators for me, yeah. At least, yeah. And it, you know, Gary Vee. Oh, 
What? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he, he's always talking about his greatest motivator, and it's like morbid, is that you're going to die. Yeah. Everyone's going to die. And I've one of the first things that I said on the show was like to live without any regrets. And to do that, you have to kind of acknowledge that you don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a lot, you have a long life and stuff, but right. truthfully, to get the job done, you don't have a lot of time. And you should act, you should have that sense of urgency. Because when you do the math, average male lives about 72. We're 23, right? You do the math, you do 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. You add that up, you have about 500,000 hours left. That's not a lot. 500,000 ain't a lot of, of oh, money. $500,000, that goes out the door pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So one of the biggest motivators for me is to know that I have a lot of stuff that I know I want to get done. Mm-hmm. And even if I just had one, I'm not going to waste my entire life just for, just waiting or doing nothing or wasting that time. I'm going to have a full life because I don't have that much time left. So you got to fill it. I want to know what the greatest skill that you have and what the greatest weaknesses that you have. My greatest. And how you compliment them. Oh, okay. Okay. The greatest skill that I have right now, I think, is my ability my ability to make strangers feel welcome. I would agree with that. I think, I think uh, man, I had uh, somebody I work with the other day told tell me that I have a um when I when I speak, when I talk, I have a way of hugging people with my words. And that really hit me a a, a certain way cuz I've never heard a compliment like that before like man, you talk to people, you talk to people, it sounds like you you're hugging them. You know, you're just so welcoming and warming when you when you speak and I'm just like I'm that's just me just being the type of person that I am, but like my mom's, you know, she uh when I was I think I was second grade I came home crying from school one day and she's like, Brendan, like, why are you crying? Why, what was wrong? Why are you upset? And there was a kid that didn't want to be my friend, you know, and it and it hurt me so heavy. He didn't want to be, yeah, he, he to be my friend. Yeah, because everybody was my friend back back then. Uh-huh. And my mom told me she was like, she looked at me. She looked me dead in my eyes. And she's like, Brennan, like, not everybody wants to be your friend and then i die like i, I just what <laughs> not everybody's gonna love me you know what i'm saying like yeah like no lie so so i i took that and that's the type of person i am because i feel like we should show love off bat like that's the number one thing i think where we are in that generation where uh, we kind of like to be standoffish at times mm-hmm. and you know especially in hip-hop Hip hop, you kind of have to have that that gangster persona because that's what hip hop was built off of. Now, I'm not saying that not to have a gangster persona if you come from that. All right, with me, I had ties. It was kind of a you know a little bit of here, a little bit of there, but for the most part, I didn't come from that background. For the most part, mm-hmm. um, so with me, it's a little bit different. I don't have to. Have that 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 you know just that that mean mug on me all the time like the typical rapper. Now I'm not saying like I mean there's obviously you have I don't even need to say but we have those artists that are not like that and you have the artists that are. But with uh you know with what I'm trying to do is is that I feel like me being able to talk to people like a normal regular person mm-hmm. and making people feel loved was probably just. Probably my one of my best attributes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I know I kind of rounded there, man. I have a way of kind of just like going all the way around answers and back and forth and playing with it. But yeah, 
No, you're a great talker. I appreciate it. You're very. Well- I lack my. Like I lack. Said, I lack confidence at times. Very. Oh, welcoming. Okay. 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 <laughs> I, I answered the other part of that question, and I wasn't even trying to answer it. Keep going. Though. Yeah. No. So talk about the weakness. The weakness, man. Confidence, hands down, bro. Con- confidence and. Yeah. When you first told me that, right? That kind of took me. Yeah. By yeah. Because I, you're up on stage. You're it's, already. It's you're putting, see, you have to put yourself with, out there with everybody. Don't get me wrong. Like. I think with doing, you know, doing it, I, I am doing it. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and just be, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not doing it. I, I, I do feel like I am doing certain things that other artists aren't doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am definitely in a league of my own, but at the same time, I'm not shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, and it's, it's the confidence. I understand where you're coming from because no matter how confident, because you and I are both pretty confident right. people, but it's not always a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, especially when you're doing stuff you don't know how to do yet. Right. That the unknown can bring the confidence level down on anybody. Right. So if you don't, if you haven't done it before, you don't have experience, you haven't prepared enough, that's going to leave anyone a little bit anxious mm-hmm. and scared. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that we're not confident people and we don't have confidence. It's just, I know what you're saying is that's hard when you're dealing with so much new stuff. Yeah. Everything support system. Oh, yeah, and you don't you don't know how people are gonna react right. to stuff, right? And you're really putting yourself out there. It's hard to have 100 percent confidence, yeah. all just blind, man. unwavering confidence. Oh, and it's like if you okay, we, we talked about you know the support cast and the support role and stuff like that. Like yo, my team mm-hmm. that that's probably one of the reasons why I think I'm so deadly is because of everybody around me. Yeah. Um. And not necessarily because it's I have just go getters just no matter what they're because I, I I I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk down on my team but I'm gonna pick them back up. <laughs> Let me be real like it's the support as far as the love that I get. Like I do wish the people around me worked harder, but I mean like I wish that I worked harder. Mm-hmm. I wish that we all did. You know, like it, it's 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 a it's a growing. Yeah. It's grown a lot. They of have they have what matters to you most, exactly. and that's love. that loyalty the, yeah. and the love. And even though oh, yeah. you could always hire someone right. better, it's more important to you. And I'd rather a lot, of, a mm-hmm. lot of situations. That's all you can ask for. And people who have the hardest workers wish that they were more loyal. Yeah. So they it'd be completely the other way around because yeah. you could have someone who's out there busting your social media, putting you all over the place, doing amazing, but they don't care right. about you because they just see the check. They don't care. They're just in it for them. Mm-hmm. They're not loyal. They don't love you, and that doesn't do anything for you. And talk about wasted confidence. Type shit. If you have a team behind you yeah. that doesn't love you, but they're putting out product Man. for it's- someone like us, that's not good enough. Right. We need someone. That's there for us. That shows love. Someone that looks you in the eye and you feel better. There could be, you could be bombing and you just look at, you know, if you look at right. them, it's all good. <laughs> I told Kels this morning, I said, uh, man, cause we, we had a late night last night and we had to get up, do a little workout, whatnot. And I was telling him, I was like, bro, like being a, you know, having a military background, like in being in the army, you do a lot of dumb shit at times because it's just the military. And I say that, and anybody in the military knows exactly what I'm talking about. You just do dumb shit. And what's, what I love about it is that you're doing it with other people. So, like, it would suck if you're doing it by yourself. And, like, this is simple and plain. Like, if you have people around you and they're all doing the same thing and it sucks, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. suck that much. 
because yeah. everybody is embracing it together. And so that's kind of like the mentality with like, you know, this music industry and this business that we're in and the team that I have, man. Like, yeah. hey, we might not know what the fuck we're doing. And this might suck right now, but I'd rather be doing it with the people that I have with me than yeah. doing it by myself. Like a community of struggle. Type shit. Just for the struggle, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's for the struggle. It's for the struggle, man. Lie from my heart. Y'all go cop that. Yeah. But I yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. It's for the struggle. So man. how do you, I mean, compliment, going back to the, the weakness and the strength, uh-huh. complimenting him. He says strength, talking to people. Man. Weakness. Man. A little I bit think, of wavering I, confidence I, I, here I and there. I think confidence and what are you, I'll, what are I'll say. What you doing to, to make those better? Um, To make it better. How to gain... Can I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm gonna go back on my on my question on on my answer for the second one. Uh-huh. I think confidence. You're you're gonna have doubts. Mm-hmm. No 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 matter what because the oh, farther that you go the uh, you're gonna doubt you're gonna kind of in it you're gonna continue to doubt yourself the farther that you go. Maybe you're gonna doubt yourself less and less the farther that you go because you're like I did that I did that I did that I did that. Mm-hmm. So confidence yeah, at times I think my number one flaw. My number one flaw is being able to dictate work um, and be able to distribute work to mm-hmm. others. That That's like yeah. my, I think. Just working on the delegation. Yes, delegating is yeah. something that I, and, and I mean, dude, as an artist, you have to be able to do that because you are the CEO. Mm-hmm. Like you are, no matter what. You're you're the you are the boss, and you have to tell yourself that, and you have to delegate. If if people under you, like I feel like I'm failing my team at times because when we have sync meetings and I don't have shit to give them, I'm failing. I'm mm-hmm. in the wrong because letting that go is hard. Yeah, it is because it's like yo, that's my baby. Like like yeah. like I don't like it's, it's just like no, I I want to post that. You know, I, I no don't don't word it like that. I want to word it like that. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, you could book this studio session, but I want to make sure it gets done the way that I want it. So I'm gonna book it like this. You know, like well, we need to go get these drinks for these people. Shit, let me go get it because I want to make sure it gets done. You know, like that's it is hard to just let mm-hmm. go and let the rest of the team get it. But like you have to do that. Yeah, it's a must. Delegating as an independent artist, you have to be able to do that. Doing it, growth in general, man. Life, anything, yep. business, career, nothing, everything. You have to learn to delegate. You got to yep. learn how to manage your time yep. and manage other people's time. And to do that effectively, you really have to set the expectations yep. right because otherwise, you will just have to micromanage them because they won't be doing it right. Because they don't know. There's no standard. Because you don't haven't, know what to you haven't do. told them. That's why anytime you get hired, they give you an uh-huh. employee manual, uh-huh. a little book, orientation. This is what we expect of you. This is, this is how we do don't. things. This don't. is what's expected. Here's how to do it. Uh-huh. And that saves so many tough conversations, yeah. so many bad meetings, bad performance on both sides because uh-huh. then they feel more comfortable, they understand, things like that. So whether you're an up-and-coming artist or you're in a new career or you're a business owner or whatever, setting those expectations for those above and below you is going to set you apart as far as a leader and being a delegator. I couldn't agree with you more, bro. I, mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I don't even have anything. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. That's good? That's good? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, I mean... Man, network. Network. Be more social. That mm-hmm. that That's definitely something I would tell myself as a kid, man, or five years ago. Network and be more social, man, because your network is definitely going to make your net worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's not going out and just getting all the time, but going out, you don't got to drink 
to talk to people. It's actually yeah. kind of easier that way at times because I everyone mean the else, best connection just going out and hanging out at the pool, yep. meeting people out at night and yep. stuff like that. Because we'll just be talking. You're with your friends. It's so oh, much yeah. easier to do it that way. It instead is. Of just going in. Like at, like networking events, dude. Are right. Like so weird. It, it is. Even like jo- like going to the job fair. Right. And you're like sitting there in your suit, whatever. You're like, because like we're here, we're being forced <laughs> to talk. Yeah, you know, it's like and it's a pitch every right. single time. Right. Every single person you got, you're talking to, has got an agenda. But when you're just out, you're being social. That's a good piece of advice: is have natural network. Right. Just ha- be a natural, natural networker. Network. But a natural networker, I like that. Doing that, a big part of that is being generous. Uh-huh. Offer them something. Go say, hey, what do you do? Oh, that's great. Is do you know I'm doing this? Do you do that? Or do you know someone that does that? And then if you make some kind of connection there, offer to do something for them. Just give them a connection even. Like, hey, I know a guy that's interested in what you're doing. Would you like his contact? Even that little thing, even if they say no, that goes a long way because you made an offer to them. You were being generous. You weren't being selfish. You didn't get an ask. That's it. That's a good piece of advice. And then just going out, if you want to meet someone and you're kind of tough to meet, just go in at 2.30 in the afternoon, bring them a coffee and ask reception or whoever if you can just sit with them for five minutes. That's what Jackson said on the last one. I was like, that's a good piece of advice. Damn. Going to meet people, like establish people and stuff like that. Like just offer, just bring them So just going, like, okay, so like from the what, the day or whatever. what's in the, like, what, what's the scenario? You're saying just bring someone a coffee. So he's, he's got a fitness business. Okay. Right. And he goes to a bunch of apartment complexes and gyms and stuff like that to basically. Scout. Yeah. yeah. Just try, okay. Like get some business. Uh-huh. And so a lot of it is just cold calling and asking right. but he was saying good piece of advice is just roll up 2 30 in the afternoon when everyone's in that lull with a coffee and ask to talk to the decision maker for his stuff and just see if you can sit down with them or just bring him drop a coffee off for him with an out that's not that bad good advice that's not bad yeah that's not bad that's at all good. um i think i think one and i know we'll, we'll wrap it up in a sec but i think uh another tidbit for our, and I, like I said, I, I love, I love this podcast because it's able, motivation is motivation. Mm-hmm. No matter what it comes from, motivation is motivation. Now, I'm able to kind of give the experience from a recording artist, you know. But did you do, uh, Braxton Bands yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Was that, was that, how, how long ago was that? That was like a month and a half ago. Okay. What's crazy is being able to see them, where they've come from. Yeah. And having no like 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 you know, shout out to Grant and shout out to Grant shout out to Brax all of those guys man yeah, because I, I literally really yeah. I saw like I mean I'm pretty sure you did as well man their entire come up from starting Bro, off at I was tech. in the innovation lab with them filling out orders see what I'm saying like <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's crazy but it's like it's so crazy because me being a recording artist and then them making a Apple Watch band it doesn't matter it's still motivation so it's like mm-hmm. you're able to bring people from all different walks of life all different backgrounds and you're able to show the motivation of their path mm-hmm. you know i i think and that's that, why i'm bringing people on otherwise i'd just be talking about this myself right like bringing people like you on and all the other guests that i've had on and will have on it's to show everybody that these people out here doing it mm-hmm. they may be early they may be a little bit down the way they may have already done it but it's super possible, and every normal everyday people are doing it. It's not just these TV personalities, these superstar mm-hmm. music artists, anything. It doesn't take a lot to be really good. It really doesn't. It doesn't. 
it just takes a little bit <laughs> of just planning and effort. Plan. Those are the two things. If you want to do anything, plan and give it a little bit of effort. The people will. I mean, if you you know you build it, they're gonna come. But you also have to build it, and you have to give the people a reason to to come. You know, and you mm-hmm. can build something. It might not be the best, but you have to build something and be proud of it. And then that's when they'll go come. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, he's really serious. Damn, Brennan's still doing this year eight. Well, fuck, I should probably. Now people all over, you know, they're all over Africa, which. And they which, forgot about some, you. We got and some now shit you're planned. Back. We got some shit planned in Africa. We got some stuff planned out there, man. I'm letting you know. Shout out to Derek Baddest. But uh, we got some stuff planned in Africa as well. We'll talk about that for the, for the next. Over the next so let's, let's talk about what you have built. Okay. Talk about the albums. Oh man! So the first project, Life from My Thoughts," came out. You know, I kind of already said it came out eleven months ago. Uh, this most recent one, "Life from My Heart," oh, man, it came out two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. And "Life from My Heart," I'm able to. I was able to give a different perspective um, from the first project. So the first project, I kind of you know give a, a little bit this this was live from my thoughts was me coming together and just putting something out that was my freshman i don't know what i'm doing but i love motivating people i love making people go harder and so i thought to myself i'm gonna just make all turn up songs just like go get it anthems for the first project live from my thoughts because watching bugs um doing live performances and stuff like that i knew as an up and coming when you do live shows, you need to be able to control the crowd. You need to be able to move the crowd in a certain way. Um, songs that are very catchy, um, as far as the hook hooks go, you probably would want to do something that are very simple. Mm-hmm. You that those are the type of songs that you want to do when it comes to opening up for crowds that are that don't know who you are because they don't know one if they don't know the song how they're gonna sing along with it. They're not gonna know the words. So it's like that hook. That chorus, it needs to be something that can be caught and catchy within the first couple of seconds, you know, of you getting on that stage or else they're not going to fuck with it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the reason why I wanted to make it live from my thoughts was, all right, I'm just going to turn up. I'm going to turn everybody up live. Like, hey, this shit live. Like, that's where live from my thoughts came from. It was all from my head because I just wanted to turn up. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Well, what we got from that was we got a, a lot of live like lit ass live performances okay but then on the back end it was not a lot of people connected to it as much as i thought they would because i just thought everybody wants to be motivated and maybe not everybody wants to be motivated uh different types of music motivate different type of people Mm -hmm. you know and so like the approach that i was going with was more like the ace hood ace hood is what i grew up on listening to Ace Hood was like, like man, that that hustle, just that go get it, grind mentality. And so, mm-hmm. with Ace Hood, I believe in my eyes, I see him as like this type of artist. But like to other people, he might not be like this type of artist. So, with me, I was like, all right, I need to be able to do something different because if I know if I wanted to go to Ace Hood route, I'm probably not going to amount to what I see myself amounting to. Mm-hmm. And again. Ace Hood paved the way for a lot of people, but I believe that what hurt him was having that strict uh, label of that uh, weight room music, mm-hmm. 
And that can hurt artists at times, you know what I'm saying? Because then they don't look at you in that same light when you try to go into another type of genre, not genre, but another type sound. of sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they're looking at you, ah, well, you know, hustle, hustle hard, you know, like that. Like we want, we want more of that, you know? And then when you don't give us that, we don't really want. So it's like, it, it, it's, it's hard for certain artists to be able to, I mean, that's why I respect Drake the way that he is because mm-hmm. he's able to touch. It's about finding your balance. It really is about finding your balance. And that's exactly, I think, we, we, we didn't find the balance yet, but we definitely got it a little bit more weighed out with this second project because mm-hmm. I took a lot of, you know, a lot of people said a lot of things. I, I took a lot of criticism from other people as well. Um, the people wanted more substance. Um, and that's exactly kind of what we gave them. Um, the first song, Real One, that deals with a lot of real life situations that went through in my head entirely, that went through in my life entirely. Um, it kind of, you know, the first song kind of starts off with me. I, it's four verses. And this, this song is very, it was very deep to me because it dealt with past relationships. Um, it dealt with the relationship with my father, having him being in the house. And one, I was blessed to have a dad in my life. I was blessed to have two parents in my life until the, uh, I was 15, 14, 15 when, when they split. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that right there, like, like that was a, I was able to develop into a boy for the most part and having, you know, that protection under my roof. Um, you know, as a dad. Now we had our ups and downs, and we had our flaws and whatnot. And I kind of, you know, hint on that. I'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, that and then being able to what what we as our generation, like what we view relationships as, that's what real one kind of put all into a perspective and kind of how seeing you know from a, coming from a broken home and not seeing consistency, you know, uh, pops in and out. Of the house, not because he was like messing, just because he was working all the damn time. Like, he was Jamaican, yeah. like so. Literally, he had a lot of jobs. Like my pops worked the man. I mean, my pops, shout out pops, man. I don't know how many jobs this man has worked, but uh, the stereotype: the Jamaicans work very hard and have multiple jobs. If you just looking at that stereotype, it's, it's a, that's a stereotype. I don't know if you knew that, but there's a stereotype out there that Jamaicans work hella hard and have all types of jobs. Well, that shit is real because that's exactly how my pops is, man. So shout out to him. But um, as a hustle, man, it's definitely, it's definitely insane. And he, he is one of the reasons, like, it's so wild because the relationship that me and my pops have, and I'm so thankful to be able to realize, like, I hated my dad. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, pops, I hated you. Like, for one particular time in my life. And why did I hate my dad at one particular? Because he disciplined me the way that you would discipline a kid in a third world country. I was the firstborn out of four. Okay. So like my pops, he grew up in an environment where he had to run from, he played basketball, you know, senior year. He had to run after basketball, after their games were played, which were played outside, not inside of a gym. His gym was 13 miles away from his house. So after the games were done, they didn't, well, first off, after school, the school was, I, I believe, like five, five miles from where they, the school was five, the gym was, the park was five miles away from their school, mm-hmm. 14 miles away from his house. So they didn't have from school to get to the park. They had to find their own transportation. They didn't, I mean, yo, they, 
it's a third world country. They don't have proper transportation to get student athletes to point A to, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's something that we can't think of. Like, we've never thought, like, man, where are we going to go? How are we going to get there? Yeah. LISD going to get that big ass bus and come pick us up and we're going to go. Yes, and there's go nothing. Yeah, it's saying we, we, we mad because we got to go to Furs after. Coach Dean, you know, we mad at that, you know? All right. Now let's go to Jamaica, Kingston, Jamaica for a second, where after the school, after they get done playing, um, he has to walk home 14 miles now. Now, in the mid-80s, where, you know, looking at this, the mid-80s, that was where uh, 1962, 1963- was when they got their independence? 64? Yeah, 1964 was when Jamaica gained their independence from Great England? Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Um, from England, 1964. My dad was born in 69. 60, yeah, my dad was born in 69. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about your entire <clears throat> surrounding is being built. Like, imagine what it was like 1492. You know, like building an entire yeah. civilization, you know, yes, yeah, day one. So like po- politics and stuff like that, like, yo, politics back in, in, in a third world country, you, you're killing. Like, those are political wars that you're having because it's like, well, we have power. Well, we have power, but now we're going to put political suits in front of it. And now our power, you know, like that's something that we don't understand. Yeah. We can't grasp that concept. So it's like him. Die- and on top of that, his pops died when he was 13. Mm-hmm. So like you're the oldest of four, third world country. You have to, I, my, my bad. I was, I was talking about the whole story of him traveling, bro. My pops had to from after his games to get home 14 miles he had to walk but within those 14 miles that he had to walk bro had to like wait out gunfire on the daily on the weekly like had to like gunshots just going on a 14 mile span walk having to go from doorstop to doorstop to shack to shack to try to avoid war a war zone and then you got to be at school at eight o'clock the next morning and you get home at Three o'clock in the morning, and you know one of your homeboys didn't make it, and now, and now you, you know so it's like that type of stuff. Okay, so now and your dad's not there. That that source of protection and that that comfortness that you have is not there anymore. So now you get the opportunity to come and play basketball in America, and you're here for two years, and then you have a kid. Like he probably didn't know what was going on, you know, and, and so. I see that in a lot of relationships, a lot of, you know, parent relationships, parents, kid relationships nowadays, I think, are just kind of thrown away because of some shit that happened 10, 15 years ago that we're very, us as the, as the, as the, the, the child, we can't let go because it's like, well, that, my dad hurt me. My mom hurt me and at whatever way they did. Cool. They did, but they also still had you. And we as humans make mistakes. And so me, Looking back now, man, we had a very, and I know I'm going into this topic, a whole, you know, more than I planned on it, but uh, we had a very rough relationship, and every it, 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 we working on it. Mm-hmm. I forgave a lot of forgiveness was made, um, a lot of building on relationships was made as well, and uh, that kind of deals with a real one. I, I kind of just yeah. bring that back full circle. Yeah. My bad, man. My that's bad. Like I said, I, but that's but that kind of deals with the first song. That's 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 real one. What is some advice that you would give everyone that's they want to take an extra step, they want to take the next one, they maybe want to take a risk, or they're just listening and they're just trying to find something? You start like 
and it's so easy it's so simple like these words are not anything that i just like just magically created but starting is that's the hardest part and like i really want y'all to understand like when i say starting is the hardest part we talked about it we touched up, up, up on it a little bit earlier but like guys you could prepare all your life but until you actually jump you're just preparing so it's like i'd rather jump and get you know you know make a couple falls here and there but at least i jumped and i know not to jump that way mm-hmm. anymore versus just oh i'm preparing to jump yeah you know um fail, that, fail fast but fail start. fast man um i'm always falling forward duncan douglas told me that he was like no if you fall fall forward mm-hmm. and that those words stuck with me for and still to this day you know if i'm falling because i'd rather fall going backwards than falling going I mean, sorry, I'm ready to fall forward than fall going backwards, you mm-hmm. know, but that, uh, yeah, that would definitely be my advice, man, to the people out yeah. there. Yeah. Tell them, tell them who you are. Man. Tell them where to find you. My name. Thank Well, first, first, shout out to court. everybody. Thank you so much for having me on, Absolutely. man. My name is Brennan Cole, uh, B-R-E-N-N-O-N, Brennan Cole. You can find me on Spotify, Apple, all streaming platforms. Um, I'm, I'm there. Google, honestly, Google is such a easy tool to use right now but uh google brendan cole and i'm gonna pop up i'm the only one there's no there's no other brendan coles out there yeah there's no b-r-e-n-n-o-n coles there's a a brendan cobe c-o-b-e uh-huh it's it's funny because it's his 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 cover his cover art i think it's brendan cobe i think it's c-o-b-e but his cover art messes up my algorithm at times like when like the search ends or whatever like yeah i'm like bro that's not mine but shout out to brendan cobe um (laughs) but but yeah no definitely you can google me um brendan cole uh on social media platforms brendan to cole um now i put god first um but yeah brendan to the number two Cole on all social media platforms and I'm telling you, you if you reach out to me I'm gonna reach back I'm gonna I'm gonna I make sure that I go to my inboxes and I go to the unread little sec little filter to I make sure okay let me respond yeah. to this let me respond to this I'm gonna hit you back so if you are listening to this podcast and you want to ask me anything or whatever please feel free to Brennan to Cole perfect guys Brennan to Cole yeah new album out yeah go check it out it is yeah. really good we love it oh yeah put a lot of work into it. Go support your boy. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Jordan Year with Brennan Cole. I loved having this episode with him. It was so much fun. We got a ton of video on this one, too, so I'm going to try and put that up on my Instagram. Um, I need to do better about putting that up. That's one of the things that... But this is just something that I like to do. Just have it, edit it quickly, and post it because I don't want to be a perfectionist on it because I will. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Tell me what you guys think. Tell me what some important things were that really resonated with you. I want to hear y'all's feedback. And going forward... I've got a ton of interviews that I just haven't edited yet, and I'm just going to put them out as quickly as possible since it took me so long to post this one with with everything else that's been going on. But uh, I hope you guys took a lot out of this. There was a ton of stuff we talked about, but I had so much fun sitting down with him. Brennan's an awesome guy. So much love for him, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do and what you guys do too. So reach out to me. Hope you guys keep tuning in. And until next time, this is Corey Mortensen with the Join Your Podcast.